Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. We have a new story. We have a new storyteller. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Clem, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's uh, an honor to be here. Thank you so much. How are you doing? Yeah, um, I'm fine. Like first time in Sweden, in Helsingborg. Uh, my first podcast as well. A bit nervous, but very excited as well. Thank awesome. You. Awesome. I'm happy every time I do a podcast where like first time podcast for people, because I promise you it's going to be a great experience. <laughs> So welcome to Helsingborg. How do you like the city so far? Uh, I only arrived yesterday, so it's very new, but I think it's uh, wonderful to be part of this event, to meet new people and uh, to also gather with the placemakers. It's it's first time we meet after the COVID, Yeah, which is great. It's amazing. I'm very touched to see familiar faces and also people that I only saw through Zoom meetings. Yeah. I'm very touched by it. I, I can imagine because also um, when I talked to Mua, uh, the placemaking leader here from Helsinki, mm-hmm. I told her I only follow people on uh, like digitally. Mm-hmm. And that's when I joined the um, placemaking Europe. Mm-hmm. And now I see them. So I'm very happy. So uh, Clem, you're our storyteller. How would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your passion? Yeah, I'm Clementine. I work as a consultant to integrate uh, future users and inhabitants in the process of an urban development. And I'm also a leader in the Place Making Europe network, uh, working in the Place Led Development Working Group. I'm very passionate about the urban fabric that has been my guidelines or um, along my professional experiences. My goal is to make the city with everybody and first and foremost with the, the, the inhabitants and uh, re-include them in the in the process that's amazing tell me like more about the, your background where you grow up what did you study what do you work with also um so um i was born in marseille in the south of france i moved in nantes on the west coast of france for my studies i'm originally from more of an economic background i did a business school a master one in entrepreneurship and i did a second master in the political sciences more on the sustainable urban development at the end of my academic uh, path i worked at stipo for six months and that's how i met the placemaking europe network yeah and stay involved uh, ever since so you moved to to the netherlands right yeah yeah when was it uh so the beginning of 2020 Okay. Uh, and for, <laughs> Good for you. I mean, I mean, at least you were there physically. <laughs> yeah, I was there physically, but like at, in March, uh, COVID hit. So the experience was a bit different, but I was so excited because also for me, there has been always an evolution and a mm. progression in my path around the urban fabric and getting yeah. closer to 
I don't know how to say that, but like some things that I was uh, feeling or perceiving in the city. And then you meet other people that, that have the same perception. Of, oh, actually, some of those uh, things that you're doing called placemaking. Some yeah, of the people yeah. are doing the same. And this was not a, a vocabulary used in France. Mm. And especially in the place-led development scene, I was very happy to um, make the link between my more economic or mm. real estate uh, experiences because I was I worked for three years at a real estate company in the town planning subsidiary. So to link this kind of institutional background, economic background, with also the more bo um, bottom-up mm. um, field kind of experiences and, and initiatives, and also like link the public with the private and at the top down and bottom like make the links yeah it was important to me your passion to to city development place led development how did it start what what <laughs> was like the story it started in uh, i was i think in middle school uh, i started being interested in um, interior design first okay uh, and from interior design it evolved into the architecture and the, the scale of the building from the building, when I was in prep school, like preparing for the business school, I evolved to the city scale. So I'm saying, oh yeah, that's the the, the complexity and the stakes yeah. linked with the, the city scale was very interesting to me. And it was funny because uh, when people would ask me, oh, what do you want to do later? People in my school were like, oh, I want to do work in finance or in management. <laughs> and for me, it's like, I don't, I don't care <laughs> if I do marketing, <laughs> finance, and management. Or, that, the, the, the theme, the goal is like um, yeah. making uh, better cities. And so interesting. Everybody. And so from the, the city scale, I did an internship in a, a structure which were actually doing placemaking and testing new, yeah. new activities, new way of co-creating the users and inhabitants. Uh, so I did that in 2017. That was kind of my first real experience yeah. uh, doing something about that. And so I evolved into, okay, so that's not only the city, but that a city with a certain engagement and with a responsibility in, uh, in the work. Like, so more sustainable, inclusive, like those became also very important to me, important angles. From that, <laughs> it was uh, the, the, the urban project in the real estate developer yeah. I was in. And I liked also the, the ambition, the, the fun part. Okay, so how can we make a block or a, a piece of a city that, that makes you want to live in it? And also, it was, it was a moment where we... Uh, many open calls for a um, big urban project in metropoles in Paris. And so it was the moment when you have the resources to make something big, fun, where they were very open to new ideas. And I mm. like that. Mm. And then I met the Stipo team, Placemaking Europe in Netherlands. And then, oh my gosh. This is so cool. <laughs> this is so cool. Because, because you know what, Clem, this is a very interesting thing that you mentioned now. Uh, you went to business school. And usually, like when you start a school that's not really like 100% matching with your passion, then you sometimes start to forget about your passion and your dream and you just like follow the flow and continue, okay, doing a business. It's not wrong that uh, you're doing business, but I mean that some people lose their passion, you know, mm. just because they are not joined the, the right school or they could mm. didn't have the, 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 how to say, the marks from the high school. So I see that it's so beautiful that you, you even you join the business school, but you still like think about cities. Mm. How can I link my, my studies to the cities? And then you made it. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's because of, of course I had a lot of comments about my business school or 
why you're working in this field with yeah, exactly. this background. And for me, those are useful skills in each project. So you need of course. to like like management skills are mm. those that you found in, that you find in um, each project. To me, you need the skills and you can um, use the skills for something yeah. uh, important I, to you. I mean, like maybe now I'm talking in general, but unfortunately, maybe the the cost is the main thing that uh, when we talk about projects, mm. at least in the main in the many of the projects that I work with, like the cost of management and the budget is the main thing that mm. uh, show the direction of, of of the project. Of course, you have ambitious dreams and ideas, but mm. in the end, the client have a limited budget yeah. and it's about how you are um, creative and smart working with the budget. So interesting that how you link together. What did your family say when you told them like, I want to work cities at the same <laughs> time <laughs> you study business? Oh, well, they they always supported me. Um, doing a business school was my choice and going to political science schools okay. school as well. And my parents are both teachers. PE teachers in the university for my father and art teacher for my mother. So they were also very yeah. open-minded to different kind of uh, work. But also when I entered the, the business school, I also chose my business school uh, in Nantes because there was a partnership with the architecture school. So ah. I started, I, I wanted to understand how the architects work yeah. to be able to better work with different people that work in the, yeah. this, the, the, the city. Without being myself an architect, I mean. So, did you understand? Oh <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, I did only one semester because yeah. um, there was a problem with the the partnership between the two schools. Okay. I think what was surprising for people that would ask me, "What do you want to do?" is like, "I want to work in this field, but I want to try different angles." Yeah. To this uh, theme, meaning I work in an association, I work for a developer, I'm working now in a consulting firm. Um, maybe one day in a public administration yeah, or a town planning yeah. agency. Yeah. Like for me, it does not matter, and I'm not closed to trying new things because mm. I do not see it like there is one good way or one yeah. way to do it. Yeah. And there's no bad. For you, it's, it doesn't matter if you work as a consultant or in the city. For you, it's just you want to do an impact. Yeah, for me, it does not matter in which position yeah. I'm. It's more what I work for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explore together, like, what is place-led development? So what is it about? Explain to me and to <laughs> our listeners. Like, to me, place-led development is upscaling placemaking to the city scale, to the area development, like in the in more in, in, the, in the size, but also in the, so in the impact and in the time frame, uh, meaning, like, we want the uh, placemaking initiative to last longer and have a bigger positive impact on, on the city, on people, on the territory. What often happens is that it's uh, temporary, it's activation, it's testing. And in the end, there are the, the more institutional city makers that come and kind of wash it out or that do not value the, what was created uh, as much as they should. And for me, I think... Uh, we should reintegrate uh, those people and those initiatives in the city-making process uh, and not only consider them as the temporary uh, mm. tent part. <laughs> Usually, many of the place-making projects disappears or the initiative dis mm. disappears after time. And place-led development is about keeping them going on. Is it correct what I understand or no? Um, for me, like it's also how I understand place-making. It's in the meantime a process inclusive process of doing something together working on the city together but it's also 
um, the, the result of uh, on a space uh, becoming a place. And so I think we have to, of course, define very early on the condition of what's going to be temporary, what's going to be permanent. I think we have to make the city with all the stakeholders and more the alternative also initiative and uh, the inhabitants, the mm. users, and we have to reintegrate them very early on in the process and not include them or in the in, in between phase. Yeah, exactly. I would say, and we'll leave the floor in the um, in the urban project for new ideas to stay permanently. In some of the projects I'm working on right now, we uh, leave some capable uh, spaces. Even I mean, even in the in the permits. So when it's supposed to be set in stone. There, there is a, a space that is considered capable. And then we have, when we um, identify who the future inhabitants are, uh, they are the one uh, also thinking what they want to see there and mm. co-creating the, the, the project there. So you leave some space for more organic uh, growth, yeah. like more so, yeah. people decide what's there or like by time. Yeah. And not controlling everything. Yeah. But is it like on the planning or or which phase? Is it planning or this design? Yeah. Maybe like give us a projects. Yeah, with details, please. Of course, like a form. Um, which one? Take all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for instance, my company um, Scopic initiated Inom kind of place-led development, but it's not called like this in in French. How do you call it? Uh, Maîtrise d'usage. Um, so it's a name that is complementary to the, the, the name for the, the real estate developer and the more architects, urbanists. And, yeah. and so to recognize also the, the importance of mm. um, the, the contrib- and the contribution of those people that are considered experts in the environment. Because we are do- building the city with a lot of experts, but I think people are the first experts of their environment and the way they live in the in, in the city yeah it was in the the non island so which is uh, one of the biggest urban renewal in uh, europe like it's a very <laughs> large scale project and lasting for many years one of the real estate developer came to to the company uh, to have kind of an insight of um, or another point of view on the on the proposal they were gonna uh, yeah, proposed Built, to the yeah. city. Yeah, that's when the, the the company asked, "Okay, you want to make this very ambitious uh, super block, uh, showing the new way of life okay. in the in Nantes, uh, North Island, which at this point was a lot, very much of a brownfield. That was mm. there was no not that much construction and buildings around, yeah. and not that m- many activities to do either. And so, so they said, "Okay, but you want to do that, but how?" But why should not we ask the, the first people uh, huh. concerned, yeah. the people that are mm. living there and that are going to live there? And so we designed a, a method, uh, a strategy, and it was uh, well received by uh, the, um, the public administration. Also, that, yeah. yeah that so what is the, like, the, what did you design or the strategy or the method? What are the steps? Yeah, well, the background, like we, we can... Um, enter a project like at each stage but like the best thing to do is like to enter the project at the consultation phase yeah and till the post delivery of the buildings so with with the project we we got uh, kind of six years to test and experiment new uses okay for the city for instance there was a 
uh, conciergerie. <laughs> I don't know what the name translation by translation in English, but where where the idea was to um, organize a workshop debates with the people that were already living here, but also with the people that uh, were going to live here. Um, how do you know, like uh, the people that going to live there? Yeah. Do you have like this target group? Yeah. Of course, people that are living around are going to be future users, so they are part also, yeah. of the of those people. If you are making a participative um, habitat, of course, you know the users, uh, the inhabitants first. Uh, but also um, in the programming of the of the neighborhood, uh, you have if it's a mixed program, you can have offices, you can have uh, other businesses, so they are part of the users as well. Um, and of course, most of the future inhabitants, you know, when you start selling the houses or the, the flats. And that's why we also, this is a crucial moment. Uh, and you have, but you, you have to, that's why you have to leave floor for this time, because by then, most of the project is done, is fixed. Uh, that's why I'm, I was talking about the capable spaces. You need to fix a space that is open to new ideas Yeah. Uh, for then new inhabitants to to contribute and have a say in what's going to happen. Uh, and so in this ex- um, experimentation phase, uh, we we had um, so conciergerie and eco-working. The idea was to test models, what um, the inhabitants liked, what were the expectations. Um, I mean, like you were selling baskets, organizing, organizing p- parties. The idea was to create a life and a social community before the delivery of the yeah. houses. So there were no houses? Uh, not yet. Like at that point, it was only activating the place, the place yeah. doing with. Can you tell us like some of the outcome from what people say? Like, how do they imagine the future? It's interesting for us to, to also hear from like some examples. You mean in this specific project? Yeah, like or? from from the workshops, you talk with people. Yeah. Uh, what do they say? Like, oh, I don't. I think there is some general answers because yeah, everything is um, spe- specific to certain uh, territory, certain people. Also, you are targeted. You are targeting. But like the workshop were divided in teams about mobility, about mm. food, about how how you want to live in your home. Um, what activities you want to to do outside with your neighbors or like th- those themes and and then we collect all the information um, on civil discussion and then the impact was um, if we um, take the tr- triangle of the placemaking like hardware software and ogway yeah those discussion that they had impact on the f- on the form of the project uh, with new shared spaces, for instance, a, a terrace on the on the rooftop mm. for the inhabitants. They created um, a new an, an access uh, through a building, like uh, to create some porosity in the form. Okay, for instance, um, some building um, um, was supposed to be higher and got a bit lower, so something like this. Uh, on the the software, um, so we. Uh, the programming was discussed with the inhabitants because usually um, it's part of a public uh, expectation, public administration ex- expectation, that they need to have certain type of uh, activities there. 
but it's left to the, the real estate developer to say, oh, I want to bring this company mm. in, or I want to target those kind of uh, people. So here they had a say in what they want to, to see in the future superblock. Uh, and also in the org where, um, so the idea was to start creating a community, start making history before kind of it begins, because there was not that much to do um, around it. So it was very important that they'd feel at home and at ease in the neighborhood uh, when they will enter the building. And of course, from, from this org way, the importance, the importance of the place is something that we try to advocate in the project that it uh, that we 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 need to think about the management of um the, the community in order for this to work we need to give a uh, space and, yeah. and a p- place for these people to 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 share a mm. moment to gather is it possible that you create a community and the feelings of home even if there is not something physical that attach people like mm. there's no offices or houses or stores it's like just yeah well oh. the tasting space uh that's was what that was the role of the the conciergerie and the co-working so people would feel that they belong here or that they have um the space to to talk to meet um the the space was very close to the future project because it wasn't construction at at that point so this space was for them yeah and it's very interesting so what is the next step after you did the workshops so the next step was the integration of the um, conciergerie model into the superblock, which is now managed both well by a structure including a someone from the from the developer, someone uh, from um, representing the inhabitants, someone representing also the agency that managed uh, this experiment. Um, so it's co-managed and it's open to everyone. So we have given a a space and a place for those uh, inhabitants, users in the neighborhood to meet. There was not only a bank or <laughs> specifically targeted kind of activity in the ground floor. Mm. In the beginning of this episode, we talked about budget, economy. Mm. Uh, can you tell us more about this project from that perspective, like the economy and yeah. budget? Um, so what I can say is that um, this experiment um, made us um, design a model for the success of future um, uh, projects like this. And what we designed is that we enter, we would uh, accompany projects starting from uh, 40 dwellings from the consultation to the post delivery to ensure so that the community yeah, is strong and uh, working well and, and uh, independent. In a way, and we also negotiating in each uh, project um, that is starting one uh, percent of the turnover of the project that should be dedicated to this kind of work, and one percent of the floor area um, that should be an open space uh, left for future users and inhabitants. To so not programmed. Not programmed exactly. Yeah. So those are kind of the conditions for the success of those um, approach and co-creation of the city. And now we have another project where the response was not to use a conservatory or co-working space as a as a place to experiment, but we uh, instead in this 75 square meter on the ground floor, we launched an open call 
um, for more social and um, creative organization to also have access to the city because in those uh, cities as not that are metropole and also in North Ireland, like the, the financial pressure <laughs> is high and the access to the city is difficult for those organizations that because cannot, it's very expensive. Yeah, because mm. they cannot pay as much as yeah. a international firm um, to access the building. And it's important that we still maintain the, the, the mix social and yeah, mix in the city and um, that we include every organization, everyone in the city. So this open call was targeted to to make them access those grand floors. So they, they will be there for free or they will pay like a kind of uh, rent, but not that expensive. So that's where we um, improved the, the model. Um, and here, the, what we negotiated is that for three years, um, the space is free of, of rent for them to help them start the, the organization business. Um, so it also um, is uh, open to new initiatives. You do not have to run a company for 10 years to, mm. to be there. Uh, and then afterwards, it's capped. Uh, the rent is capped. Yeah, so for them to stay, of course, as long as possible and yeah. to succeed in their project. And also what we um, understood is that it's very important also that we accompany those new projects in their development. Mm. Um, yeah. But Clem, like how to say now you're 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 talking about this model. It's good for the for let's say for the city diversity, for the business diversity, and also for the social or the organization that mm -hmm. they don't need to pay so much mm. money. But like what's what's in it for the client? I mean now I'm giving 75 mm -hmm. square meters. Mm -hmm. What will I get back? So how do you yeah. Yeah, what, was, what is in it for me if I give so much space? Yeah, I think we need in those projects the public support. For instance, in the first project I talked about uh, was disruptive in the, in the way the public administration was making the city. I mean, in the specification bill, they write uh, for the real estate developers. They now make it compulsory for them to integrate the future inhabitants and users in the conception process of the mm -hmm. urban project, which was not mandatory before. Okay, So this That's was a great. big step. Mm -hmm. And with this, they have to integrate this in the model. So that's yeah. one way. Um, one other way, of course, it creates a lot of value actually to do that. And you make the place more attractive. Uh, people feel that... Uh, feel well and people want to be where the people are and for them I think it's also a, a decrease in the cost uh, when they sell the houses because they spend maybe less time selling they do not need to do that much marketing as well so that's also one way marketing of what uh, um, of the um, of the building or yeah well when they sell homes yeah they have a huge budget to to market it towards their clients for the people. Mm. Um, and so this costs a lot in the in the the project, the selling of the of the units. And so by doing those kind of experiments approach, co-creative approach, um, they actually are gaining money because we make places known, we make them attractive, um, and people want to be there because they already have a link, they already have a history. 
they already know people and they, they feel they belong. Um, so that's one way. And of course, afterwards, if it's a success, they're going to have a bigger return on investment because it's still going to gain value over time. Mm. And for an investor, that's also what they are looking for. If I understand, so that's bec- that was first from the, you call it non-municipality or non-city, that they, they made it mandatory that you have to involve people and to give a space for people. It was initiated by uh, the the company I work for, ah, okay. Scopic. So nice. that was one of their idea. Yeah. Uh, even though the municipality also uh, has a is really involved into the co-creation of public policies. Yeah. But at the scale of an urban project, a super block led by a private developer, this was the first time because of co-public administration, they also do this. Yeah. But at this scale with a, a private actor leading the operation, mm. this was the first. And so for the urban renewal, the North Island, they um, made it mandatory. Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. That's so uh, you're, you're making history, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I like, it's like, it's new, a uh, new way of uh, developing the city or king in the urban fabric and that's what I like uh, yeah uh, like because so. usually like in the, even in the project that I work with I'm not against uh, the land developers and so on no of course not in the end they're also like a private companies and like have they some people in, in invest and they need to have the money returns to their investors but usually what they look at is okay how much money I can make uh, in the next quarter you know in in your story, I see like they don't really make money. They don't count it like each month or each quarter. So it's interesting model now. I think we have to see this as not a cost, but an investment. So they will uh, find their economic balance and mm. the value on the long term. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is like the, the long term thing. It's not really existing in every company that no. we, we want on the on the short because we need to make money as soon as yeah. possible. Yeah, of course. And it has been possible because the the people were also engaged and mm. they believed that uh, what we were trying to do yeah. was for the, for the better, for the people. Mm. For, like everyone had an interest. And I think that's important when we are trying to make those experiments, projects live, yeah. that we think about all the stakeholders mm. and how they can all benefit from it. Yeah, And this way the initiative will be lasting longer mm. and yeah to find find the balance and everyone like from the from the neighbor, neighbors the people till the urbanists or the real estate developer or the public administration i think they all have will benefit in the mm. end if i take the model that you created with your team and place it or give it to another city or a land developer in another city do you think it's going to work or no it works because of people wanted it to work like you mentioned you tell me people were really like ambitious and they want to do this and then you created the model so is it people related or no it's like it can work everywhere i think it's both and of course uh, having people motivated and that we are going to push the initiative and support it is crucial of course if people don't want to invest in it it's going to be very hard because you're always going to fight for something Mm. Uh, so sometimes it's not that easy. But I, I think also, even though there is not a strong will from the very beginning from those actors, we can uh, light these ideas in yeah. them, I think. And by showing uh, what has been done elsewhere, by sharing experiences, 
And of course, demonstrating for everyone that we're going to find our way. <laughs> it's going it's to work. And I mean, I think reflecting on my own experience, uh, working in a, in a real estate developer and being in a consulting agency association, having an economic background and also understanding a bit of the political sciences, um, we have different languages. But I'm a placemaker and institutional city makers. They do not speak the same language, but what I want to do is create links between those people and try to be a kind of translator for them. That's Mm. the the role of of the company. Because I think facing our challenges, whether it be um, the the climate crisis, the social crisis, or a COVID crisis, we need all the resources we can get, either financial or human time and each and every one has something mm. that is valuable uh, to share true so that's what i want to deduce yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your role in this uh, project like uh, tell us about some uh, how to say task that you did yeah. yeah so for the first one uh, about the conciergerie i was only there for a few months because at that point i was not integrated in the company i was not working for the company for a long period of time but I was there for the a part of the experiment between the co-working space and uh, the conciergerie, selling um, food baskets <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, talking with people, also tr- trying to collect their S- stories, stories, yeah, the perception, the needs, what they wanted to see afterwards, creating events. I mean, I mean creating a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very, very diverse. So it's um, not like you're sitting in the office and doing budget no. calculations. At that point, it was not really that. <laughs> Even though um, I, of course, reflected a bit on the on the model. Is it working? Is it not? Yeah. Is it balanced? Um, things like this. But in the meantime, it was also very practical. Yeah. When, uh, when you yeah. say when you say balance, what what e- do you mean? Economically, I mean economically. Like balance, what does it mean? Like I mean, like if we uh, do not uh, take the the public uh, money, like if we if we not if we do not have those uh, this help from mm-hmm. the public. Uh, administration does it run itself okay i understand so without the is money it financially uh, sustainable yeah okay so you, you're always checking if we don't have this this fund from the public uh, how is it going to be for the client right in this uh, project so it also has a very innovative approach and experiment so they also gave uh, some resources financial resources okay. mm-hmm. for the project but i think i think cannot happen for every project or every city yeah so we have to make new models that Mm. are also sustainable yeah financially yeah but like this one because in this project it was a non-municipality part of it with with the economy and also the client uh, the land developer who started the idea first like okay let's do this kind of joint fund you mean financially? Yeah. I do not recall exactly like who mm. started this mix, but I guess it was more from the necessity of having money, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So what other tasks you you did during the this project? You're talking to people, selling, uh, doing budget. Yeah. Well, what I what I can say is also um in, in the second project, it's like organizing events that gather people. It's like the workshops also. Like the workshop is where you you reflect on what's for instance the community how would you want to be structured do you want to become an association okay uh, do you want to have a whatsapp group with your neighbors mm. what do you want to do together so the workshops are more where you 
you reflect and think what is possible yeah. and how you want to do things, mm. but also get to the core of why do you want to have a community or why are we doing what we're we doing, things exactly. like this. And then the events are a more informal uh, way to gather people and to create that more easily. Mm-hmm kind of a more yeah. easy icebreaker between people. There were also field trips to start discovering the new neighborhood, uh, things like this. It's very interesting, interesting project. <laughs> so in, in we are like in the in the last section of this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to ask you, what should placemaker stop doing? Um, it depends on what you mean by placemaker. Is it more... Alt- bottom of place making is it more top down what's in your mind because for me uh, everyone can be a placemaker true i would not say they have to stop doing something i would more say if you are talking about someone for from a more institutional uh, organization they have to leave the space the floor for new ideas to come and not be afraid that everything is not planned from the very beginning and um, note that into the permit um, that it's okay if uh, if we do not have a project or a business that is going to come right away because new ideas will come and they're going to be co-built yeah. with the future users and inhabitants. Mm. So I guess not being afraid of not planning everything. Okay, yeah. So don't plan every single millimeter. Just leave a space for yeah. coming ideas. And don't be afraid that uh, there will not be a new idea, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are always, the right? There's a floor for things to emerge. Yeah. The, the, the awkward part <laughs> is the natural, the organic. True, true. It's going to come. Yeah. So do you guarantee? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it comes. Yeah. Uh, so and what are the skills that placemakers should learn? Let's now... Because you focus on the from the um, this kind this organization, so what skills they should learn? To me, there was also a project I did in Steeple and for the network. My interest was to give the tools and empower placemakers to assess their value, what they are creating. They are creating something that is valuable, and for not only for them but for a lot of people. I kind of made small manual called the impact of placemaking and how placemakers can assess the impact and the idea behind it was to empower placemakers in the meantime to to improve their their project to learn if they can assess it they can improve it but mostly to demonstrate that what they are doing is actually creating value yeah and then to be able to build the city or build the project with other partners Mm. that could be financial as well that could Mm. be investors yeah because going back to the language uh stake some of those people that will bring resources financial resources they need this language that involves data for instance or economic numbers does not need to be always economic but like i mean a scale of improvement for instance Mm. because the data can be more of a soft data or hard data quality or quantity like it can be very diverse but having a a a proof demonstration uh, makes them less risky Mm. maybe i don't know it's more tangible yeah is it like a handbook or or yeah an open source it's open so yeah it's on the on page tool uh uh, page yeah the placemaking send me the link later so we put it yeah Awesome. So now we have the last two questions and I have a question for you. Is it fine for you if I make a video? <laughs> Meanwhile, you're answering. <laughs> All right. That's for the Instagram. So the first question is about you giving me and the listeners three takeaway messages. 
what are your takeaway messages to us? I think I would go first with the triangle of placemaking. Like doing the city, you should think about uh, not only the hardware, the, the, the building, the physical stuff, the, the software the uses, but like, I mean, what is left out usually is the awkward part, the management, mm. the lively city. And that's, I think, what we should include more in the city making process. Um, second one would be um, to empower each stakeholders to understand better the, the stakes of the other yeah. stakeholders. Yeah. I mean, from the, the developer or the public administration to understand how it works for a social organization, creative organization mm. that, of course, do not have the same constraints than them or for a uh, a placemaker working on a, on a, a public space. Oh, okay. I understand that they're not, they do not have to be against me there, yeah. but they have different constraints so that everybody can make an effort in mm. understanding how the, every, the other person works. And the third one, I guess, um, would be what I, I mentioned before, like leaving, leaving the space for yeah. new things to happen. Not yeah. be afraid of, of that. And the last question is going to be you asking it to me and to the listener. <laughs> so what is your question to me and to our listeners? How do you manage to work with different people from different ecosystems, different backgrounds? Going back to this language yeah. issue, but it's also what is beautiful because we we are diverse. Mm. But it's also, I think, the one of the the biggest challenges to make something together. It's like, how can we speak the same language even though we come from different backgrounds? Interesting. Thank you so much for giving your time. I know you are in the two days of visit here to Helsinki, yeah. and you have a very busy schedule. But uh, with all this, you manage and you give your time to record the episode. I'm very happy to have you and hopefully we're going to follow you and uh, hear your stories. So keep up the good work. Thank you very much for having me. It has been wonderful. Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.